0: to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State
1: football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman and I'm Andy Gaffman and we are the Blue Blue and White White Brothers. Brothers. (laughs) Two brothers, two takes, one team. team. We are through the regular season. That's what we are, bro. Um, we are blue and white
0: brothers, and we <laughs> have made it to the end of the twenty twenty three Penn State football season. And it's uh, just like
1: we're here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are well, here again. You know, it, it, you know, coming off of that uh, Michigan State win, a really trouncing of the the Spartans, the sputtering Spartans, forty two nothing. Yeah, kind of it. It kind of. Capst off the season that's been up and down with a nice little upswing, we'll be talking about that. Um, we'll be talking about some other things. But before we get into that, bro, I'm just wondering, how was your weekend? Uh, you said it was uh, an unusual Thanksgiving weekend. You guys didn't have any big turkey day plans. You went, were going out to eat. Did, did you find some fun things to do this weekend or was it just like, uh, depressing? I found a fun
0: thing to do this weekend. Yeah. What's that? What'd, you, what'd um, you do? we originally had, um, you know, cause we're packing everything, our whole lives are in disarray cur- currently and cooking up, Thanksgiving meal for two is like makes no sense when you're in the middle of a move. So we had reservations to go to a restaurant that my girlfriend picked that I hadn't, I don't even know what it was or where it was. It didn't matter. It just was, I didn't have to worry about making dinner, and neither did my girlfriend or worry about cleanup, yada yada. But then, literally, the day of Thanksgiving, um, Kate was working all day. That this is like her biggest, you know, busiest time. She's a goldsmith, so she's making a lot of, you know, holiday gifts, um, a lot of like engagement rings, you name it. Um, she's making it and and preparing to to put stuff up on her website for stock on her website. And anyway, so she's working hard all day long, and you know, leading up on Thanksgiving Day, uh, you know, she's working all day long, and I'm just out there watching in the living room watching football.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, this is perfect. Like, you're you stay, wait 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 you. You weren't like packing, you weren't doing all like the Oh
0: uh, no 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 football. (laughs) Football
1: was hard. Like carrying like she's there working hard at her workbench and you're just like, Have fun, honey, I'm gonna watch five hours of football.
0: I don't even say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am just out there watching football. Okay, don't bother me while I'm dro- drooling in a, pu- in a football puddle. You know, like <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm a creature of habit when it comes to football season. I it's hard to pull me away. I mean, I the gr- the lengths that I go to just to get off trail when I'm on trail to go see a Penn State football game or like watch. You know, this is true. Yeah. So um, she understands that she she truly does. I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, running up. Podcast with my brother for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, so there's obvious highly de- de- uh, obviously highly lucrative, obviously, desire uh, uh, on the football end of things here. Okay. To, to get to the point though, yes, what is, um, you know, I, I was texting with a buddy of mine who, who lives down the road, maybe like 10 minutes at most. And he was like, uh, you know, he's like, hey, uh, or no, I texted him. I was like, hey, on our way home from dinner, like, do you want us to stop by and we'll have like a drink? And he's like, he's like, you guys are going to dinner? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, just come here. He's like, I'm making a turkey. He's like, I'm, you know, you know, have all this food. Like, you have no need to go out to eat. Just come here. And Kate and I were already like, you know, a little distraught over the fact that we couldn't go home for the holidays due to this move. And, um, you know, so it was like a way to, 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 to turn our lack of food
1: a family type feel because you're not. I like that. It's a very strategic phone calls. Like you backed your way into a Thanksgiving. Hey, do you Day want to invitation. have a drink
0: slash invite me over for Thanksgiving dinner an hour beforehand? <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, wink, I, I truly wink. posed it as a, on our way home from dinner, we'll yeah. swing by and have you know a couple of cocktails.
1: And well, that's great, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I talked to you on Thursday morning, and um, yeah, as far as far as I know, at that point, that's exactly what you're going to do: go out, and uh, that's cool, man. No, it, I'm, wor- I'm it worked out to have have a little bit
0: more of a you know um, a holiday true kind of feel to it because you're with people you care about and, and even if they weren't you know real family it's chosen family the, the people whose house we were at and and sometimes that's just as important.
1: Yeah, cool. Well, we uh, we missed you, man. Uh, we yep. had a nice little uh, day at our sister's Laura, our sister Laura's house and uh, enjoyed some good food. Uh, I, I'd made a um, apple pie that I contributed as well as some stuffing and like some of my favorite Thanksgiving memories these days. Hey, are hold on! Like,
0: I didn't ask.
1: Right, <laughs> I didn't. I have, assumed. I'm <laughs> I assumed you were not going to, so I just decided to. <laughs> I just oh no, to share. I am
0: interested. First of all, I am jealous cuz I didn't get any of the of the Thanksgiving leftovers or any of the Thanksgiving desserts for
1: that matter. So, so I'm jealous. I I you made feel, a good look, apple pie. i, I mean, it, it's it's a next level apple pie just if I do say so myself. It, okay. Is it better this than mom's? year I I f- I finally feel like I've perfected all so than elements mom's. of the pie. Well, it's mom's recipe. She right. gave so me you're the telling recipe. me you can
0: make it better than mom.
1: Uh, you'll have to ask her, but I, I what just, do I you felt like, think? I felt like from my, what I was going for, for my own efforts, I felt like I nailed it and okay. it was, it was next level. Homemade now, was a, all wh- butter
0: pie crust. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. And Mom pre- doesn't do that. Mom doesn't do that. She's over right, that. I
1: pre-baked the, the filling. So it was the right level of being baked. So you did a you know,
0: twice bake apple pie filling. Uh,
1: yes. I baked the filling separately before I filled it. You <laughs> so that it, so that the <laughs> you didn't even sell the, this pie. You ate it, but you you took care. You took care of it. It, it was it was excellent. But anyway, I, what I was getting at is, I've really enjoyed. I have more dessert
0: the, questions for the record, but go sure. on. sure. Um,
1: I've really enjoyed the the Wednesday prep day, and Eileen and I like kind of set aside that whole afternoon, and um, you know we're we're prepping together and making all the things, and then uh, we watched planes, trains, and automobiles. On Wednesday, while we were prepping, that's sort of our tradition to watch *Planes, yeah. Trains, and Automobiles*. A yeah. great movie, you know, all time classic. Steve Martin, uh, John Candy, you know, buddy I put it comedy. on that night.
0: I put it on that night. Thank you. Yeah, night.
1: and and we were just laughing through the whole thing while we we're making the food. It was it was great. Uh, you had a really nice weekend all around. So,
0: did anyone uh, make a squash pie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is in reference to uh
0: 2019 feel, was it 19 or 18 something or like that it was at your place yeah. it could have been might, before 19
1: might have been 20 i can't remember no but. it
0: was before 20 uh i was not home i was at the the, the squash pie
1: <laughs> the and squash i haven't pie been incident. home
0: for a for a thanksgiving dinner i think you since were 19 you, you
1: were there in 2020 i think but anyway um yeah maybe year. you're right you're right you're but right. anywho um you're right my mom makes a really great pumpkin pie. She she perfected the recipe, kind of it's her own recipe that she developed over many years. Yep. And her assignment for this particular Thanksgiving was to bring the pumpkin pie, which she did, but we realized after we all took the first bite that she had neglected to add any sugar.
0: Well, <laughs> so, no, we all served ourselves up a piece of pie, yes, a pumpkin like, pie, like We simultaneously everybody, everybody's <laughs> chewing into it and looking around like okay making that face like what am i what's wrong with this and then mom mom's like wait what's wrong with it and then she like took takes her bite and she like you know puts on her like food tasting thinking cap she's like oh my gosh she's like i forgot to put sugar in it and we're all like okay so we're eating squash pie (laughs) <laughs> it's like a, ve- a veg- you know truly vegetable, it's just the vegetable. Dish at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, like a side, and it's not uh, a yeah. dessert. Yeah, exactly, anyway. not a dessert at all. In any, yeah. yeah, well, and like to to cap it healthy, off, healthier. Um, <laughs> to cap it off. Um, my son went into school the the next Monday, and they they asked about like Thanksgiving and what did you eat and what did you remember, and he told the story of <laughs> mom bringing squash the squash pie, pie. and like squash yeah. Pie. So it's uh it's definitely lives lives in oh, our memory. Yeah. Um, mom, we love you, and she did yeah, bring pumpkin course. pie, and it was excellent. So we and all she, we she all listens
0: to that. every episode, and this is mm-hmm. her way of of me coming home for the holidays is listening to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. uh, and I'm well, sorry that i couldn't um, be there mom but maybe next year <laughs> fingers crossed uh anyway well, uh, this for christmas by the way for the record so
1: yeah looking forward to that um yeah. why, why don't we um why don't we switch gears and and talk about some football um this outline uh for the for the episode um we're going to do some news and notes it was a huge football weekend and um well, was a and we're going to talk weekend. about the michigan state game which is going to be a fun game to talk about i think to to cap off the regular season. Uh, As we switch into talking about football, I want to remind everyone uh, subscribe or follow the podcast. I know we're getting to the end of the season, but we will have a few more episodes here um, leading up to the bowl game. And then uh, you want to be sure that you've bookmarked us for next season uh, because it could be an interesting one. uh, Remember to share us with your Penn State friends, write a review, give us a rating, send us an email for the mailbag blueandwhitebrothers at gmail.com. And let's go ahead and uh, turn to those news and notes. News and notes. News
0: and notes.
1: I can tell already; it's gonna be a, <laughs> a it's
0: fun. It's a, gonna be a fun. Could show. you imagine trying to do this episode? By the way, if Penn State had lost to Michigan State, oh, I
1: don't think we'd have an episode. We're
0: <laughs> we're gonna quit the pod biz <laughs> totally. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, look, it was rivalry week, and um, it, there there were just. A lot of tremendous football games on in the college world, um, and so um, we're basically going to talk mostly about those rivalry games. Um, and I've got a couple of sort of subheadings to kind of help us group them. Be confused with Sub Sahara? Go on, right? Very good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about some rivalry nail biters. All right, and uh, we start off with the clean, old fashioned hate game, where number one Georgia held off the fury of unranked Georgia Tech to escape with a 31-23 win.
0: I mean... Can anyone just upset these juggernaut teams, please? Seriously, Come Like, on. Georgia Tech looked like they had some juice going on in that game. But, I mean, it's Georgia. What do you expect? Like, they're going to prevail in four quarters. Anyone can look good through two quarters. Georgia's going to prevail over the course of four. And Haynes King for the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets looked like he was the right quarterback for the job, but they just didn't have the defense to, to keep up, uh, you know, to or to, rather to to
1: stifle Georgia's, you know, just overpowering offense. Speaking of close but no cigar in the Iron Bowl, number eight, Alabama forged a dramatic comeback, pulling off an improbable fourth and forever touchdown in the game's final moments for a 27 to 24 win.
0: Gosh, that's another one we. I really wanted to see. You know, so close. You know I, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at it from Penn State fan perspective, and it's like anyone ranked above us, please lose. You know, at this (laughs) point, you know, and like, I don't know, like Alabama's fighting for a playoff spot. So, so they had something on the line and, and, and they, they wanted it more on on the line. They, they wanted it more in the end and Auburn, you know, you, you can, you can want it, you know, for 48, 58 minutes, whatever. But like, it's all about who has the ball last. It's all about playing to the whistle at the very end. I mean, fourth and 34th and wait what was it like 4th and like 20 th- it was like 4th and may have been 29 i think it was 4th yeah. and goal no, from the 31 no op- they were it was 4th and goal that's right 4th and goal that's what it was 4th and goal from the 31 and and the whole thing was they only rushed i think they had three men on the line defensive linemen and only actually only two. two of them yeah. rushed and somehow when you had nine back in coverage in 30 yards of coverage, you left a you let a guy get behind the cornerback in the corner of the end zone, and he had a free catch essentially. I mean, it was hardly challenged, tech, like, really. I mean, he got hit a little at the end, but the guy made the catch clean, won the game, and then, you know, Auburn still has a little bit of time, and he actually throws a pick six, um, you know, to, to close up the deal. And and somehow, I don't know, this is really controversial, that pick six didn't count. They didn't actually allow it to count. I don't he know how. He stepped on the sideline, But they never reviewed it. He actually went into the end zone and and like, you know, as far as like, you know, we talk about gambling, gambling, how bad gambling is for the sport for it's, it's a fact that that play may you know made or broke a lot of people's winnings or losings as far oh as gosh. gambling goes it was uh, a big deal and it still is a big deal to this point i don't even know if if the sec commented on it
1: because i, I was curious about that cuz i originally put the score as uh, 33 to 24 yeah yeah but I, then, it was a it was a pick six i didn't but see then it i was out. like wait it's 27 yeah. like, Yep. anyway well um let's move on um yeah would be nice if one of these guys would lose speaking of would be nice uh, yep. in the sunshine showdown Number five, Florida State closed the curtains late on unranked Florida for a 24 to 15 win.
0: As far as upsets go, definitely wanted to see the upset. But as I thought about it more and more, Florida State winning out actually helps Penn State strangely enough, and we can get into that a little bit later. But basically, one-loss teams that are not in the CFP are, um, you know, they're bad, bad for Penn State for, for New Year's Six. Penn State, you know, getting yeah. slotted in. and so that yeah. that actually worked out for us. And Florida State pulled off the, you know, basically it was a, uh, I think they had to come from behind in the game at one point, point. Um, and they're doing it with a backup quarterback. So good, good for Florida State. Um, that's a, I mean, an unbelievable run to go undefeated. I don't care what conference you're in. That's tough to do.
1: In the apple cup. Number four, Washington was picked to win. Yeah. See see what I'm doing here with the puns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Picked. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Yeah. And the (laughs) iron showdown. Yeah. Apple cup picked (laughs) anyway. uh, Washington beat Washington state 24, 21 on a walk-off field goal. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, another you know, game that I wanted to see Washington State, the underdog, win in a top five matchup or a top ten matchup. And it ends up being good for Penn State that this top four team ends up winning. Um, so you know, I, I got a buddy that, that lives out in Seattle and, and goes to these games who's who I'm gonna be interested in going to, you know, Seattle to see a Washington game someday, and vice versa, he's gonna be interested in coming to Happy Valley to see Washington play. So I don't know. Andy, what do you think? Is it good or is it good for the the future of the of Penn State uh and the Big 10 for these teams to be so good coming into the Big 10 the way they are? Uh let's get into that later. Let's get I into mean, that later. Okay, fine. Well, but but like is it good for look, It's good for the Big 10, but it's probably bad for Penn State.
1: <laughs> the the entire football landscape is different next year. You have a Power 4, the SEC and the Big 10 have strong teams coming in. So both of those strongest of conferences are going to be even harder to win in, but you also have a 12 team playoff. And so like, you know, the, the a two loss season might be like a great, great season if you're in the Big Ten oh. or the SEC. A three loss season might be a exactly. You, so, I, there might be three lost teams better than two lost teams out there. Easily, you know. Yeah. I mean, a two loss ACC team versus a right. three loss you got Big Ten or SEC team, you know, right. who's gone through the juggernaut, like no doubt. It, it's just going to feel different. So who knows? We'll see. It's it's hard to speculate, really. Um, but it's it, fun to speculate, though. It's hard, but it's fun.
0: No, speculating is very easy.
1: <laughs> uh, one more rivalry nail biter um, in the egg bowl. Number twelve, Ole Miss gets an over easy win against coachless Mississippi sit- Mississippi State, seventeen to seven.
0: Um, kudos to you on all these Thank headlines, you. Andy. Appreciate it. Uh, we needed to do a little bit better with the
1: worked um, delivery because so it's rivalry week and <laughs> they have all these.
0: But the you delivery, know. you got, you can't, you can't be me screwing it up, Andy. You, I know. No, these I, tongue twisters I, are getting ya. Do
1: you. Want me to start over? Do you no. want me to do it again?
0: Okay. No, but but honestly, of all these games, I think this is the least um, climactic and the least interesting. Yeah, um, over easy. Y- over easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 the it's the 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 egg white goop. <laughs> Is what this I mean, is yeah, they they un- undercooked, like hundred percent. So yeah, well, I, I don't really care that. Oh, I, I would I rather. Know. I would prefer Ole, Ole Miss to have lost. Yeah. Um, just because I don't really care about Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State is coachless, like you outlined here. And a,
1: a coachless team is an underdog team that I would prefer to see win. All right, uh, we did have one rivalry upset in the Governor's Cup, unranked Kentucky, unseated number ten Louisville. In a 38-31 to 31 upset.
0: Speaking of coachless, they are now coachless because... Wait, no, no. He decided no. to stay. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, no, no. <laughs> Mark Stoops is staying at Kentucky. He, he spurned all the rumors of, of going to Texas A&M. And or, or did Texas A&M rescind the offer after doubtful, the fan base? Doubtful. 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 No, anyway. I, I I would take Stoops over Mike Elko. But still number ten, Louisville
1: get losing. You know. Yeah. That-
0: no. No. Jeff Brom in his first year. He's had an amazing first year. Um, going back to Louisville after leaving Purdue. Um, but his two losses on the season are against an unranked uh five win Kentucky or now six win maybe Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I don't know what their record was offhand. Kentucky has won five in a row. Okay. Well, then he's finished against, the season against, quite well. I mean, oh, against, against Louisville. Okay. Well, Louisville yeah. also lost to three and nine Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> so, so now their two losses uh-huh. are are to unranked,
1: not, like not very good looking. Losses.
0: No. And yeah. when you're a two loss team like Penn State, who was ranked behind them, obviously yeah. now Penn State gets to move up into the top ten uh, as our obviously our two losses are two. To two yeah. of the best teams in the country. Um, at, that's very good for Penn State, and their New Year's Six hopes is getting slotted in before the end of the regular season. Now they just get to see what happens in these uh, college, um, uh, ch- excuse me, these conference championship games, and seeing if Penn State can weasel their way up a spot or two. Uh, I don't know. How, yeah, I mean, any 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 movement's good at this point. Winning the offseason is all is you know all we have to live for at this point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we did get a couple of. Rivalry beatdowns uh, will start in the Civil War, where the Beavers surrendered to the Ducks, as Number Six Oregon defeated Number Sixteen Oregon State thirty-one to seven.
0: It was a no contest. I mean, I think you know. And again, I was
1: expecting a close game
0: here. I was expecting a close game, and you know, especially with like Oregon State, um, you know, being on the outside looking in, as everybody like exodus in, in masses. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit of revenge for what? Yeah, they did like to, oh, to- Oregon's leaving mm-hmm. us. Now, yeah. Washington and Washington State have proclaimed that they will continue to play the the Apple Cup moving forward. We have not heard if Oregon State and Oregon are going to continue their rivalry, right. which goes back quite a long time as well. Um, but Oregon State just lost, lost their coach, John Smith, um, to Jonathan Smith to uh, to Michigan State, so he's joining yeah. the Big Ten. Uh, even though his old team is in the Pack Two now, moving forward. Um, yeah, and yeah. he was a, a player for
1: Oregon State, like he was an alum. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting that he left, but you got to think that the the fact that there'll be homeless from yeah. a conference perspective. A
0: little a little tidbit from that, Andy was, and I think you shared it with the group. Um, DJ ukulele, um, not ukulele, but you ukulele. I don't yeah. even know how to. Dude, Ooh, yeah, I don't yeah, Yui U-E- Unglelelele. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I should never be on a national telecast ever. <laughs> uh, and if I ever am. Uh, that's uh, the only
1: reason, by God the way. God bless that, You me. can't pronounce names. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm hired because of how bad I am. It's my shick. Um yeah. Okay, so DJ had a little um, like tweet when his coach declared that he's going to Michigan State. And it was, it was like whelp with it, like you know, like well, Okay, but like I, at at that point in time, in my brain, I'm like, I mean, DJ left Clemson high and dry. Now, now you can make the claim that like maybe Clemson did him dirty by by how they brought Cade clubnik in and yada yada yeah. whatever. But the point is, we're this is this is life. Here we in are in college football yeah. now. Coach, if they made the claim that oh, coaches can leave their teams, with so well. And players can't. Well, the players can now. And then yeah. do you not have an argument now because players can make money? And, and it's like, okay, man, your coach is leaving. Yeah, that sucks. Kind of now, where you, we are, now you AJ. see the other side of the coin of, of when you left your program, now your coach is leaving your program. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that's karma on his point, but it's just like that's what we're dealing with now. That's the that's the reality of college football moving forward, you can't stop that.
1: It, you know, it's, it, it is kind of a shame, I think, for – Oregon State that oh, now yeah. they're getting, not only do they have to like a
0: shaft, fi-
1: figure out how to make it work in a, a no conference situation, yeah. but they lost a, a coach that really brought them up from nowhere.
0: Yeah, agree. It'll be I,
1: hard for them. It'll be hard for them to attract a, a decent coach. Without a State, conference.
0: Oregon State certainly, um, you know, had some flash flash in the pan years in the last thirty years, um, but largely been like the a doormat of the Pac-12, and it just sucks to get to, to that that they're having their best. Season ever, and they got will have nothing to show for it after this season. There won't be a conference. Anymore, yeah. there won't be. They don't have their head coach anymore. Players will leave for these better conferences in the portal because of all of this. They'll have right. nothing. Whoever's nothing. going to Oregon State, like they've got a like a task at hand. And like, where's the money coming from at that point? Oregon State just had a massive uh, stadium construction. They 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 weren't even playing in their...
1: Yeah, they're in trouble. They're in trouble I, if they, they don't.
0: They might be. If so they don't figure this out. It's gonna be well,
1: tough. Look, let's move on. A yeah. couple more Sorry. rivalry we, we, we beatdowns. We
0: talked about how I was going to keep this all short. I. Yes, we did. <laughs> horrible at this.
1: Go on. <laughs> um, th- this one um, is an interesting result for me, considering um, uh, where one of these teams started the year. Uh, in the Commonwealth Clash, Virginia Tech crushed Virginia 55-17 to uh, to finish tied for fourth in the ACC ahead of Clemson.
0: That is actually remarkable. Truly remarkable. I mean obviously Virginia's not a good school. Or excuse me, a good football program. It's a great school. <laughs> right. um, our cousin went to Vir- United, or the University of Virginia. That's where And they were great when
1: he played, by the way. Y- they were. That was the Tiki Barber days for sure. But um, in any case, um yeah, they right now Virginia's not a great team, but I mean Virginia Tech They're
0: fourth in the ACC. That's is that true? Like they yes. literally Virginia Tech is the fourth ranked team, not ranked necessarily, but fourth Best team conference standings wise, you're sure yeah. of this. You have double checked the math. I I, I will pull it up I, right now while I, yeah, you comment on. It. Yeah, because I am like that is positively shocking to me. they they started their season with several losses. Now some of them was I think we're out of conference, um, but like. This was a do or die year for Brent Pry. I feels like in his second year, he had to figure some stuff out, um, and they ha- and they figured it out in the season. They got better as the season went on. I mean, d- so you got it in front of you here.
1: Yes, they are tied for fourth with Georgia Tech, five and three in the conference, six and six overall. They're ahead of Clemson, who's four and four overall. Oh, my Excuse me, word. four and four in the conference, um, eight and four overall. So Clemson has a better overall record, but Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech that's, have a better conference record. They're tied for fourth.
0: That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think if you put Virginia Tech and Clemson on the field together,
1: uh, Clemson would be favored on a neutral site. I would, I would sure, venture to guess. Sure. Um, but in terms of the Conference standings of wins and losses. Um, Yeah, having a winning record number
0: four. Having a winning record in the ACC while not being a like unbelievable feat. Obviously, they're six and six overall, but they made a bowl, dude, against their rival, against their in-state rival. They made a bowl game, and that's not that's that's a. That's a that's a career saving season right there for Brent Pry I believe at least at, at Virginia Tech anyways that'll give him some latitude to, and maybe some some I think, I think they have he has Tyler Bowen as the uh, offensive coordinator which is Penn State's last yeah. interim coach der, offensive interim uh, OC. During a bowl game, which is what we've got going on this year as well. Tyler Bowen called the Cotton Bowl against Memphis, by the way, and then went on to Jacksonville Jaguars. And now Brent Pry picked him up um, for his OC duties. Dude, they finished
1: the season with eight straight games scoring 30 points or more.
0: That, that's, I mean, obviously they figured something out.
1: I, I, kudos to them. No, Kud- no that's wrong. Um, the Florida State game, they only scored 17. Okay. But – um, and Still. oh, and the Louvre. Oh yeah. So two, two two of those games they did they scored under, but they I mean okay. they're putting up points in the games that they're winning.
0: They had two games over fifty points. I know that because they had this one and another one that was over fifty. I, it's just it's an immaculate job to come out of the the basically the sewer was what they were last year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I don't know what the vibe from Hokie Land is. Um. But you got to feel. At least somewhat encouraged that you're making a bowl and you beat your in-state rival and you finished fourth in the ACC. Yeah, you started
1: like, w- the you started the season one and three and you yeah think, you, oh yeah. geez this is yeah. another terrible season and in the end up with you know uh, five wins out of the the last eight and y- yeah. you know.
0: Now I still think that Penn State is gonna dominate recruiting in Virginia moving forward, but Yes, please. But, <laughs> all right, let's let's move on.
1: All right. Um, all right. We what do we got? Oh, in the final Bear Bowl, the Cow Bears mauled the UCLA Bruins 33
0: to 7. Um You know, as much as it was impressive that UCLA beat USC last week, I think it's even less impressive that they got hammered by Cal, which was, Cal was regarded as maybe one of the worst uh, teams in the conference at various points throughout the year, if not still. And to, to not even, first of all, UCLA was known for their defense, and they put up a great defensive battle up against Kayla Williams, and then they get 33 scored on them and only score seven points. I I don't know if Chip Kelly's getting fired or not, but there's been rumors that he is. Um, This was not helping matters by any stretch of the imagination. More like like, um, got stripped bare naked and left for dead on the field is what... (laughs) Uh, is what the Bear Bowl was all about for UCLA,
1: and then uh, the the last rivalry beatdown um, that I've got for you in the Carolina State game. The Wolf Pack take down the Tar Heels as number twenty-two NC State beats no longer ranked North Carolina
0: thirty-nine to twenty. I I have you know. The fact that UNC UNC has dropped off as much as they have, I have not been following them for the large part of this season. You know, if you have a first round, you know, caliber quarterback on your team, and what are they? Are they they even? Are they even a five hundred ball club at the end of the year? Uh, Yeah, I mean they're eight and four overall. Are they? Okay. Yeah, I thought they were maybe already a four left. NC
1: State finished nine and three. So like. Yeah, you know and and NC and state, NC state right? lost
0: they lost their quarterback uh to Kentucky by the way uh yeah. in the portal last year so and and UNC sitting there with a the first round possibly Heisman caliber uh no nah, he's not going to win the Heisman this year but I you know he's he's that caliber of of talent and it's just like it went backwards for UNC this year and it's that's tough that's tough for all those all those guys that you know thought they had
1: uh ACC title hopes. And a couple of uh, rivalry, what rivalry games, we've got number 20, Oklahoma State, who managed to pull off a double overtime win against BYU, 40 to 34, and earned the right to face Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, earn the right
0: while sticking it to Oklahoma again, by the way, because if they had lost this double overtime game to the, the new newly minted Big 12 BYU Cougars, if they had lost, Oklahoma was going to rematch against Texas in the Big 12, their last games in the Can Big 12. Can you imagine
1: 12. the Oklahoma fans thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're going to get in, we're yeah. going to have a chance. Yeah. And- no,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's actually it's it's beautiful because, you know, I don't know if people outside of Oklahoma follow what happened at, to, to start the Oklahoma game. Oklahoma, I forget who Oklahoma play. They played like uh, I don't even I, don't, I honestly don't remember who they played. Um, it's irrelevant. They ran out of the tunnel through a smoke tunnel. Uh, like after they after they left the tunnel, there was a big smoke like channel that they were running through, um, and uh, the guys up front all fell down, and you couldn't see you couldn't see it because it was all shrouded in smoke. But like guys were getting trampled. Brent Venables' face was getting trampled into the ground. Like it, like somebody Brent Venables came out and was like somebody could have died. He's like, <laughs> like just when you think you're getting your head back up, you get, you get your head stepped on again. And these guys are wearing. Uh, these guys are wearing like cleats, and you know it's, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, that, that they might never run out through through smoke ever again in Oklahoma because of Dude, that. Dude, by the, the way, they like, played TCU. Thanks for the sidebar there,
1: Joel. It, they um, they 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 should they would have that in a sitcom. Like it seems to me, yeah, like you yeah. know, like Modern Family, where like yeah. remember Cam's like the uh, the coach of the the high school football team. You can picture him falling down and getting trampled. Yes, and, like a hundred percent. It was. Now, their
0: offense went on to score 69 points to TCU's 45, by the way. Do they even still play big defense in the Big 12? He
1: he used to be a defensive coordinator, didn't he? Yeah.
0: So, anyways, the point is you're bringing up um, Oklahoma Oklahoma State, State. (laughs) and they now are in the Big 12 title game um, going up against Texas, and I think a a lot of people are going to be rooting for – Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, I think, yeah. especially anyone in the Big Twelve who's a part of a school that is remaining in the Big Twelve, as Texas and Oklahoma are leaving for the SEC, yeah. uh, definitely don't want to. They would see. love nothing more than, oh, yeah. than
1: those two teams to be left. Yeah, totally, uh, high
0: I, if dry. you're if you're Big Twelve fans, I'm sure you could talk f- for hours about your disdain for Texas and Oklahoma um, and how much you everyone is. Be- hey, just why like,
1: would they need to when you're going ahead and doing a fine job of it?
0: Well, it's like it's like when when Penn. <laughs> State went up hours, Michi- that is. when penn state went up against michigan the whole world was rooting for penn state to beat michigan
1: yeah
0: everybody including ohio state fans sorry everyone, everyone. <laughs> you know sorry. yeah well that's well that's what oklahoma sorry. state's gonna have at least the entire big 12 yeah um True. Uh, behind True.
1: H- behind them you know all right couple couple more moving on uh utah Puts the final nail in Colorado's coffin with a twenty-three to seventeen win, capping a one and eight record in their final nine games for Coach Prime's inaugural season.
0: Uh yeah, Utah. I mean, they Shador Ch- Sanders didn't even play. I, I don't know his specific injury, but uh, not they limped, you know, to the end of this season. Essentially, um, I, I'm sure that that's. I mean, what do you expect? Like, Coach Prime wasn't going to be serving up a national title contender in year one at Colorado. And anyone after that, th- you know, 3-0 and start who th- thought that they were going to be anything but, like, a middling team, they just were delusional, you know? So, if I'm... Coach Prime, this was a big-time learning year. You learn a lot about yourself coaching in big-time football. Now, interestingly enough, the Pac-12's gone, and they're going on to the Big 12, and Texas and Oklahoma are gone. So, like, you know, the bar has been lowered for Colorado, um, you know, in terms of competition. You know, you're, you're the toughest teams you're going to be playing now are Utah, which, you know, you just yeah, beat right. Utah, but, like, and Arizona, and Arizona, I mean, like, I don't know. There are going to be some tough games, but no anyway. doubt, But you are not, but you are not playing against yeah, the, the, the right. Oregon's of the world anymore, right? Well, look, or the Texas um, is either. You know, so
1: it's, it, 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 we'll have fun following them. Yeah, you, no, no doubt. doubt. But uh, uh, eight and four, right, or four and eight, regular season. Um, not, not nearly as strong a start as I mean, uh, their
0: bold their bold aspirations. You know, fizzled a couple by, weeks ago. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, there is there's no rivalry here. Um, West Virginia holds off Baylor. For a thirty-four to thirty-one win, finishing the season at eight and four, West Virginia—they're supposed to be last place in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean that's that's a
0: monumental shift in what people thought was going to happen this year, uh, inside of West Virginia and outside of West Virginia. I don't—I I think fans, you know,
1: would have been elated. I mean, to Neil go Brown probably six. had. He probably had the hottest seat among no no most not coaches. probably
0: he did he literally I remember the the lead up to the to the Penn State West Virginia game it was all about our, our, is our game going to be the reason Neil Brown gets fired <laughs>
1: right <laughs> so, and he went on yeah. he went on to win you know uh you know eight out of their next uh, eleven so you know way to go and I, Neil. I, I don't do you remember what their record was last year offhand I, I they 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 it was they only won like three games or something. So it was they, a
0: it was a pit like No, they record. were 5 and 7, 3 and 6 in the conference. I have it right here. But, you know, I think that you know, that that's a three-game swing in terms of wins. That's that's huge. That's you bad. know, that really is. I, that, that, that saves his. That saves his job, no doubt. And it, you know, when it comes to the CFP rankings, a new look that Big Twelve that's helps. a little easier. Well, they it only helps Penn State in in that's our true. resume with an eight and four team being up there with
1: with a good win Absolutely. like our Iowa Iowa. Win. Absolutely. All right, last one in the uh, what rivalry uh, category. The Blue Devils tame the Panthers as Duke beats Pitt thirty to nineteen, capping a humiliating nine loss season for Pat Narduzzi.
0: Pat Nardonsi. Um yeah, that, I mean, I, he's now going to be the next Neil Brown. He's going to be on the hot seat. He, honestly, yeah, I, how was he po- not fired? I, that's what I was just going to say. It, it, it's not impossible that he will get fired. I'm, I don't know if he, I don't know if he will, but like the writing is on the wall, Manny after Diaz, like pit. that. Ugh. <laughs> don't say that, dude. <laughs> Don't don't do that.
1: Don't do that. No. All right. There's let's no way. Move on. There's
0: no way he would do that. There's no way.
1: <laughs> Moving on to the Big Ten. We're, Big Ten is the. Uh, it, it's ironic because it is the conference of rivalries. Penn State, of course, being unrivaled, but um, <laughs> right. Well, you just uh, mentioned our rival, Pitt. Right. Um, in the game. Number three Michigan makes it three straight against number two Ohio State, intercepting Kyle McCord in the final minute to secure a thirty to twenty four win.
0: You know, Andy, I, I don't, I don't really know. Like, what, what do you, what do you? Uh, I, there was a lose-lose, I think, for for Penn State fans in this game. I mean, if Ohio State wins, then Ryan Day gets, you know, to keep the recruiting juggernaut going, and he might still. But 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 if Michigan wins, we have to sit here and watch these fans continue to be yeah. the most like insufferable fan base I have
1: ever witnessed. This is the most I, I insufferable think- fan base in a season ever. Look, on principle, I wanted Michigan to lose. But yeah, same with, with the misery of Ohio state three years running and the look on Ryan day's face, uh, I, I, def, you know, and, and, know his, some of his postgame comments, I think he you said know, what they were devastated. They're yes, devastated. Totally. It's like, okay, I can take that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, devastating. You is just great. hold out. You hold out hope for the vacation of all the Michigan wins.
0: Well, no, that's, that's the only way that Michigan winning is good. Is it is that if the NCAA comes in and does what we all think is. Is right and fair, and vacate like two and a half seasons worth of wins at least, and um, sanctions on and their sanctions rec- recruiting. With, with recruiting, and and you know there's rumored for uh, Harbaugh being suspended a majority of next season. Yeah. Um, I mean well, Michigan, Michigan has a ton of players leaving for the for the the draft. Um, yeah, or, it could or be or a Bear coming up for Michigan. I don't know about Bear, sure. but um, but but <laughs> with with what I mean, Ryan. I don't think Ryan Day is getting fired, but like. You know he's not being loved by any.
1: There large were very Franklin-esque numbers shown at the end of the game where yep. Ryan Day's record against top five programs was like one in five or something one like and that. One in six. Yeah. He's so one in like, six
0: hey, versus Michigan and CFP. That's the Franklin narrative. He's, he's very right? frank, <laughs> ver, frank. He's being Franklined by his own um, <laughs> his fan
1: base right now. Yeah. All right, um, moving on. In the Heroes game. I wasn't done with that, but that's fine. I know, but... We'll talk more about that in the future, more about them. Absolutely. In the Heroes game, Iowa makes a Hawkeye hero of Brian Ferentz, who is the architect of the lowest-scoring 10-win offense in the country as they seal a 13-10 win and a (laughs) walk-off. It was like the fifth game...
0: In a row or something, where the the over under was at a record all time low when it yeah. comes to you know Vegas setting the over under, um, they win by hitting the under. They win by hitting the under, and and, and dude, their quarterback situation is dreadful. Yeah, dreadful, like truly dreadful. It's like Nate, that quarterback of theirs, Deacon Hill, is like um it, he he's. <laughs> He's like 270 pounds, by the way. He's not he's not capable of doing much. But he's like it's like if Nate Stanley, a former um, Iowa quarterback, had a baby with Ben Roethlisberger, (laughs) but then had had less talent than Spencer Petras. So (laughs) uh, they're going to be playing Michigan. um, I mean,
1: he looks like one of our quote unquote undersized defensive tackles he's
0: actually larger than some of our undersized defensive tackles <laughs> um yeah you know, what's interesting is uh, i just saw you know if if the big 10 and or ncaa was going to like say that harbaugh and michigan could not play in the big 10 title game like they wouldn't be you're not eligible for, for winning a big 10 because of the cheating that they would just crown iowa without playing a game uh, <laughs> sure. Can you imagine Iowa Why becoming Big, Big Ten champs after losing 31 to nothing to Penn State? And, yeah, you that'd know, I mean, that would be,
1: anyway. be hilarious. Um, uh, moving on. In the old oaken bucket, Purdue puts a final hole in Indiana's season with a 35 to 31 win.
0: Um. So I, these are two programs going in the wrong direction. In, in, yeah. in my mind, and one uh, of them is it,
1: going in a wronger direction.
0: Yeah. I, I, and which one is it?
1: <laughs> is it Minnesota? Well, how about the one that lost their last game to their rival and then fired their coach, which is Indiana?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought my brain was thinking about the, the way to go. Oh, my brain was thinking about the Paul Bunyan's axe, and you said, Yeah, we'll get bucket. There. I apologize. Bucket. Um, doing yeah, Indiana. no. bucket. Yeah, I, I mean, it. <sighs> Yeah, what do you have to say about Indiana? I don't know, like uh, the, the whole state in general. You know, so uh, let's, oh, let's just move on. Like, it, 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 <laughs> I would prefer to have seen Indiana win, um, just for our, you know, yeah, our sure. CFP resume. I don't know how much that would have moved the needle. It, Interestingly a- enough, after they fired Tom Herman, by the way, they paid, I think his buyout was twenty million, but I think they renegotiated to fourteen. I think I saw. Um, which is still a lot to be paying a, a fired
1: Indiana huge, head coach. Huge buy. I mean, Jimbo Fisher's buyout, notwithstanding, like paying more than 10 million for yeah. a buyout for a coach yeah. is, and is it, you prior to this made is that kind contract of contract of.
0: after the 2020 season and yep. that's how quickly you turned around. So anyways, interestingly enough, I had heard a rumor that people inside Indiana, the Indiana building are have have um support for hiring John Gruden? What? Is he a, an Indiana grad or something? Like why? That's, What's the connection there?
1: Well, you know, for basketball, they had, what's his name, uh, Bobby Knight. What is that? But that's a
0: totally different thing. Bobby Knight, like, that was Bobby Knight's John, heyday back in but the day.
1: John Gruden is, like, similar to, like, he's, like, a caricature of a, of, John of a person. John Gruden's
0: also well past his prime, and he's been, like, canceled because of, <laughs> like, stuff that. That's it, what I'm saying. Bobby well, Knight, very similar, kind of, like. Yeah, but Bobby Knight was winning national titles at Indiana before all the crap came out about him. Sure, sure. Um, so, but but what I kind of liken the the possibility of John Gruden being hired is like Herm Edwards and Arizona State didn't work out too great, did uh, it? Oh, right. You know? Good point. Like, so I, I don't know. I, I we'll see. I, I don't know if that's a realistic it's a, thing it's, or not.
1: It um, is funny. Would right. be interesting uh,
0: to see in the, in the new look Big Ten next year. By the way, Big
1: Eighteen. What are we? Compass? We still have a we still have a Michigan State game to talk about. So yeah, let's, uh, let's let's get there. Fin- let's finish. We just got a couple more in the Big Ten. Uh, as you jumped the gun, uh, Paul Bunyan's axe uh, has Wisconsin chopping down Minnesota in a twenty-eight to fourteen win.
0: Um, Wisconsin's at like a a twenty-five year all-time low uh, as far as what their football team has done on the field this year. It. It's impor- probably very important for them to have won that game because Minnesota is not a good team, and Wisconsin, while looking equally as terrible, if they had lost that game, I-, I don't know what they might have to like blow it up. I'm not saying blow up like Luke Fickle, but like whatever they were doing with with Phil Longo as the OC, the Dairy Raid did not become anything. I mean, I mean they they've dealt with a bunch of injuries for sure, but they're they're.
1: Their in fan week, base, their fan base week,
0: is, is distraught about
1: this. In a season. weak Big Ten West, that Wisconsin couldn't make more headway is shocking.
0: How how Wisconsin didn't win the Big Ten West for ten straight years I will never understand. Yeah. Um, it's it's that's the most winnable division in all of college football. You know, Power Five football. Yeah, and right it, for the picking. And and somehow, so like it's just. I'm so glad the big Ten west is gone because that yeah. was the worst offensive display across the board in a division in the history of the big Ten like that it was not a single offensive coordinator would have uh, kept their job on Brian Ferentz, Brian Ferentz's contract had had. they all been on the th- the driver 325 deal that Fer- Brian Ferentz was on. <laughs> not yeah. a single OC would have won their yeah, job. Back. It,
1: it, was, it was a uh, not an exciting year for uh, offensive football in the Big Wisconsin
0: Ten. Wisconsin has to figure their crap out quick if they
1: want to be competitive in the new look Big Ten next year. And the Land of Lincoln game. Northwestern takes Lincoln's hat. From Illinois in a forty-five to forty-three victory, turning away a two-point conversion to seal their seventh win of the season.
0: Goes to show you how much I don't know about the Lincoln's hat.
1: That's Is that a trophy. real thing. That's it's a replica of Lincoln's stovepipe hat.
0: And when did this come into?
1: Well, they they <laughs> they had a that their the traditional um, game was had something about a, a, a tomahawk. Of uh, you know Native American tribe, and so a couple you know twenty years ago, whatever. But they... when did
0: when so they've been playing this game as a rivalry game for a very long time? Is that what? I'm Yes, thinking? going uh, all the way back. Never heard of it being something that mattered, mostly because I guess it was Northwestern, Northwestern and Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, anyway. so uh, an incredible, I mean, they're, both, an inc- they're both Illinois State. You I know, d- I do understand, right? Like both- I do get it.
0: <laughs> um, I I, I yeah. guess what's impressive to me about this is that. I, and a team that everybody left for dead before the season even began totally. a 1 and 11 program last year that lost their you know all-world head coach all-american linebacker you know and hero legend didn't see legend. them getting a
1: single win all season
0: they end up being a a a player in in the West, I mean that's not saying a lot, but it is saying a lot when it's Northwestern because dude, they, they not they, only not only they they do this with an interim coach, but they hired him full time a couple weeks ago, and the players have responded for sure. I mean,
1: dude, they finished second in the West, tied with Wisconsin. That's
0: r- remarkable. I mean, they, they it's, um it's I I don't think that they are technically should be considered tied, even though the records are the same, because they beat Wisconsin.
1: They yeah, did. well they actually so they are finished ahead of them. They are yeah, the, they that's are That's what I was going to say. They
0: they yeah. beat Wisconsin head point. to head,
1: so they ha- they outright yeah. have the second, second best team in the West. It's amazing. Um all right. Um, last last Big 10 "quote quote-unquote rivalry game in the Beast of the East game. That's not actually its name. I'm just calling it that. Uh Maryland beat Rutgers 42 to 24.
0: Um I you know oh. goodbye to Talia, the all-time Big 10 leading passer. In yeah. Big Ten history, um, you know, hats off to him. That's not a, that's that's no small feat. There have been some great passers to come through the Big Ten, and uh, I mean it, that's that goes to show you his level of consistency at, at Maryland in that offense. Now he could never get it done against Penn State, <laughs> or even close. Uh, oh wait, did did Talia beat us? Did he be, I guess he beat us in twenty twenty.
1: I guess he did. They yeah, did beat he a, did. They did. He, did. Beat he got five touchdowns in the first half.
0: Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> well, yeah. that season didn't matter. <laughs> 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 Nobody uh, cares. Nobody remembers. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Michigan looked past the
1: the 2020. As Tom Allen. Apparently, 2020 didn't matter for him Right. Either. Yeah, it's a they good point. In the top a great 10. point,
0: Andy. And now he's gone. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's going to be an interesting. Team to both those teams, Rutgers and Maryland. Rutgers, you know, they, they, while they didn't finish strong, they, they they played strong football throughout this season, time time and time again. And Maryland, what are they going to be moving forward without Talia Tagavioola? And what what's are they going to hope to be a, that kind of a passing team moving forward? Or is Mike Loxley going to figure out a different kind of offense to suit a different kind of um, quarterback coming in? I, I don't know, but these are our rivals across the border that we have to be concerned with moving forward um, as far as like you know, what kinds of teams are they going to be moving forward.
1: All right. Well, that that does it for your rivalry week news and notes. Um, we were going to talk a little coaching carousel, but we are far too deep into this episode to to go into that. Um, maybe we'll do that at another time. But um, let's talk about that Michigan State game, bro. This is our one actual, quote-unquote, rivalry game. It's our the only trophy game that Penn State plays. It's the land-grant trophy game, and the land-grant trophy has come back to Beaver Stadium. We're going to hold holding on to that beautiful trophy. I mean, we've had it for a couple of years now, and we'll hold on to it for two years because we don't play Michigan State next year.
0: Well... Do you think, Andy, that the that on principle alone that Penn State should have asked to keep the land-grant trophy an annual game? Or or are you glad I, that it goes away annually?
1: I, I think it shows that it was a fraud. <laughs>
0: okay, I mean, I you agree. Know, it's a I agree, It's an
1: invented rivalry, and it never really it took... It is I mean, that. We've been in there for 30 years. We've played this rivalry, um, all but three of them, and it still is like... It means nothing to either school.
0: I mean, I agree, but it has been extremely competitive and it's not one-sided at all. I think that we we just, as far as like... Well, Franklin just got to 500, 5 and 5 against Michigan State. Yeah, that's State a correction from what I said yep. last week when yep. I said he
1: had five wins and four losses. I flipped it. He had four wins and five losses. So now Franklin is 5 and 5 against Michigan State. Now, all time, Penn State is now 19 wins, 18 losses, and a tie to Michigan State. In the Big Ten, it's been, it been a little get better. get any
0: closer than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know not. what I'm saying, though? Like, like that's I mean Michigan State is a program that is currently in turmoil. And who knows whether this um, new coaching hire will help all, turn it around, but
0: all I'm saying is what are you saying? it has been a completely balanced rivalry in terms of it's no one has run point. away with it from year to year and and it's it's
1: been it's been Michigan State has ruined seasons for us. The thing is there's really nothing that that makes this a rivalry outside of that Sort of parity factor. I mean, if we had been paired up with Wisconsin for the last 30 years, you could probably say. Or something
0: like that. Or Iowa. Iowa is a better rivalry game, I think, like in terms of you know like we hate Iowa fans yeah, there's more juice and to we've it, for ruined sure. some Iowa seasons and Iowa's ruined some of our seasons and yeah. and I think the actual game itself has a lot more juice to it for But in sure. terms
1: of a natural rivalry of course it's Ohio State because they're cross border Yeah, they're a very good team but they didn't you know. but now
0: we're not playing Ohio State next year no, so we are playing oh no Ohio we're not State playing
1: Michigan next year, next year. my my yeah. bad. I apologize um, but then we'll take a break after a couple years yeah. Uh, yeah. um so in any case yeah and Ohio State they've got a more important rivalry for them you know enough, so it's fair it's fair so it just sucks you know that, like it is something that we actually used to look forward to
0: typically at the end of every season it was
1: and sort of tongue in cheek you know
0: it, it I, I guess i mean it, it's it, yeah sure it's somewhat tongue in cheek to be like we're the land grant trophy victors yeah, exactly.
1: You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's I don't a know.
0: Novelty. It's a novelty.
1: It, it is. That's a very good way to put it. It's more of a novelty. But you know what's not a novelty? Actually, winning the game. Yeah, right. Forty-two. Um, my number, by the way. Forty-two to nothing. To nothing. Yeah, <laughs> forty-two to nothing. What I mean there are a lot of interesting things to talk about with this game uh, among them like what does it mean for our season but just the game itself it was very enjoyable to watch from the perspective of being a Penn State fan and arguably I'd like to the, talk the best about game to watch as a spectator probably all season one of the best games all season I mean you know I think the Iowa game the Iowa game although like it was very blue-collar-esque it wasn't that exciting the the West Virginia game was great just because you're seeing some of these players for the first time yeah. and and it was a solid win under the lights and beaver stadium, but for sure, like dominance on both sides of the ball, this feels like it was the best game of the season. Um, look, the best uh, offensive game by far, by, I far. mean, Really, uh, you know, other than maybe like your total passing yards, um, you know, on every statistical measure, this was just a, an incredible offensive game. Um, and it really feels like, you know, I
0: think the, 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 ru- the rushing
1: statistics outweigh the fact that it wasn't the high. I mean,
0: it was our best rushing day by far and like our best rushing day since like, I think, two thousand. Fifteen was wow. the last time we had two running backs over a hundred yards in the same game. We had Keel yeah. Lynch and Saquon Barkley in 2015, I believe it was. I forget who the the team was, but the point is that the rushing totals in this game outweigh the fact that we only threw for like thirty yards less than the West Virginia
1: game. Yeah, only right. Yeah, right. Like, well, I mean, that, I mean, uh, so so to, you know, th- th- this was a true offensive explosion, and it absolutely. gave you a sense of like. You know, now that you're two weeks past letting go, Mike Yersic, like, here's what's been missing all season. You Uh, know, it's where, where has this been? I'm
0: I'm getting ramped up to like talk about so much, you know, like frustrations that got out. onto that field that, that you look back and you're like, yeah, why? where was this? Why haven't Seriously. we thrown the ball further than 20 yards all year?
1: And then the the defense, you know, <laughs> who's been great all season, of course, gets their third shutout of the season. Um, the, the second half performance by this defense was uh, a thing of beauty. And so, you know, I want to take some time, bro, to talk about both the offense and the defense. But, you know, to me, the... As great as the defensive performance was, the thing that I'm really interested in talking about first is the offense because it's again, where's this been all season? And it seems like uh, again in the second week with Ty Howell and Jaywan Sider, along with whatever you know, Danny O'Brien and uh, James Franklin are contributing, they finally found some things from a game plan perspective and a play calling perspective that really worked. And I just want to throw a couple of sort of facts at you, and and then I'm going to ask you to respond. All right. First of all, explosive plays. We've been saying it all season. Franklin's even saying it in the postgame. All the press has been saying it all season. Dude, we had four plays of over 40 yards this game. Omari Evans with the 60-yard bomb from Drew Aller. Incredible. Fat man with a 50-yard rush in the first quarter and then a 40-yard run in the fourth quarter. And then Nick Singleton with a 53-yard screen pass in the first. And by the way, Nick Singleton, not exactly explosive plays, but he also had runs of 20 yards in the second quarter, 14 yards in the fourth quarter, which was a touchdown, and 24 yards in the fourth quarter. Now, you add to that those explosive plays, you add to that some chunk plays in the passing games, intermediate passes beyond 10 yards. Theo Johnson had catches of 22 yards, 21 yards, that was a touchdown, and 13 yards. Ke'Andre Lambert-Smith, 22-yard catch. Nick Singleton, a 15-yard catch. Tyler Warren, a 14-yard catch. Uh, Dante Cephas, 14-yard and 13-yard catch. Uh, Khalil Dinkins, an 11-yard catch. And Katron Allen, 11-yard catch. I mean, when have we seen the, the ball moved like that through the air, you know, both in terms of huge long downfield passes and a lot of intermediate stuff that just is moving the ball effectively, it was incredible. Uh, a great passing day uh, for Drew Aller and the and the entire passing attack.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's interesting. Like you know, Trey Wallace didn't play in the game, but Amari Evans did. You always just wonder, you know, if you could have started firing. Like this in this game earlier in the season, you yeah. know, with having totally. you know your full complement of wide receivers, what could have been for this passing attack if you just decided that instead of waiting to the last game after firing your OC to open up the offense, if instead of waiting to the last game, if you could have started doing that kind of stuff with your first time signal caller at the end of September, then you could have like grown. Yeah, offense could have actually grown. We saw no signs of this growth at any point along the way. We were, it almost—I mean, we were saying saying it it felt like it was regressing, (laughs) Uh, right? Because it was so inconsistent. Aller has been so inconsistent because I personally believe that game plan and play calling and offensive scheme. um, I believe it was so. You know, did did Aller know like? rhythmic justice to to yeah. like to his progression as a as a signal caller um throughout the season. He just saw no no appropriate progression from game to game or from
1: from like even quarter to quarter or drive to drive for that matter. And you I mean saw- to your point, bro, he he in his first game he had 72% completion percentage um against Delaware who was up to 84.6. But then Illinois 48.5 against Northwestern 54 4.5, you know, like, and, and, you know, these are not great programs that he's struggling with. So like either Drew Aller is like a total Jekyll and Hyde or something was going on in the, in the game planning that didn't enable him to get in the rhythm,
0: right? It took, it took our, our co-OCs, you know, two game, one game, one game to figure out how to open up this offense and really get things going in the right direction.
1: And they only had half, a game with Drew Aller against Rutgers because because right. Aller went out right. right on the third or fourth play. The Point the is, you had you half. got
0: you got uh, tight ends um, down down the seam. You got um, you know Singleton in space. You got K Allen doing his thing that he does proper. You know uh, the only the only thing that I, that I, in my brain like. Would have liked to have seen more. Is getting getting KLS the ball a little bit more? He only had one. He only had one catch uh, for 22 yards. Now he did have a two point conversion catch that I don't think you know hits the stat sheet the way regular catches do. Um, but like you know, if he's your most explosive wide receiver, um, at least to date, why why? You know, why didn't he get, get the ball more to him? But, you know, you finally took a shot down the field of, you know, of more than 40 yards. I mean, this was a 60 yard pass in the air from Drew Aller all the way down to the, you know, he was caught on the 10 yard line by Amari Evans. Great to see Amari Evans, um, you know, get
1: downfield for that. And, and I mean, actually, we, and we knew make the what, catch, But interestingly at the start enough, of the season Andy, that he's like a speedster and you yeah. can't get him into space. Yeah. You can't what? put him over the top. Uh, I don't understand why this didn't happen. By the way, that pass to Omari Evans, bro, how beautiful was that?
0: Well, what was beautiful about it, in my personal opinion, is that, and I didn't realize this at the time because I was too busy just enjoying the game, um, Drew Aller was under center for that play. And, and Nick Singleton was like, Eight yards behind him, lined up, you know, solo, directly behind the quarterback, um, and that was a traditional play action drop back pass, and he dropped back like, like a pro, like an actual pro, and he let that thing fly easily for sixty yards and sixty yards in the air, and well, but it was just great to see a yeah. traditional. Uh, you know, play-action pass. Yeah, again, where has that been all year? I don't I don't know, but, like, clearly there's something about that that jives with Drew Aller and, like, being a drop-back passer is having, you know, the ability to hand off to, to your running back who's got a full head of steam, so that means the, the linebackers have to respect the possible handoff and the cornerbacks maybe bite a little bit and the safeties definitely have to, like, respect the possible handoff. Um, cause you know, Amari um,
1: Evans, the fastest guy on the team, yeah. just, I mean, he had a good three or four yards on the, the, you know, the nearest back and like he was into the end zone if he didn't stumble, you know, and drew Allard just laid it right out there. I mean, it was in stride. It was, I mean, it was a beautiful pass. Uh, now, y- you know, it's an NFL caliber pass. It was an NFL caliber play. Now, one thing I will uh, say
0: here quick, Andy, is that there was a quote after the game from James Franklin, um, and he said and I'm going to read it here i think we're playing kind of our best football now so it's good to be trending at the right time but that's for next <laughs> what but that's for next year and it's like <laughs> what uh, i get why you're saying that <laughs> but to to your entire fan base you should have been peaking at the very worst at the michigan game You know, like yeah, you maybe maybe you lose on the obviously you may, but maybe you lose that one on the road because winning on the road is very difficult. But you learn a lot of lessons, and then you get your offense going. By the time you have Michigan coming to Beaver Stadium, and there was no sign of the of the offense like trending in a you know building from week to week because Franklin's just trying to win with this one and O mentality instead of this over like there was no big yeah. picture arc happening yeah. from from week really, to week probably. it was just like i gotta figure out how to win one game uh you know every this is our one game season every week and okay, it felt like you know the, the that's a dis- I- that's a, dis- that's a, dis- that's a dis- dis- disconcerting comment from yeah. franklin to
1: me yeah. personally yeah I mean, and and um,
0: I can I can respect that we are playing great football in that game. I can respect that, but don't you dare tell me that this is when you want to be peaking,
1: peaking at the right and, time. And,
0: you know, after you've already <laughs> lost your only consequential games.
1: Yeah, you know, you're bit, or at least your biggest. Your yeah, biggest it's a little bit obtuse there, um, for sure. And uh, who knows what specifically he was referring to, but it does. It we, doesn't. What do you sit mean? Right he's just me. trying to
0: make it look good. He's just a confounding statement to be perfect. Yeah honest.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, you, you know, I you know over the course of the season, you, you remember that, uh, of course, the Iowa 31-0 victory and you felt really good at it at the time. And it's like, look, you know, we had a very, like, Dominant, grinded out game plan. We didn't even try to to test Iowa secondary because guess what? We didn't need to. But you think you know what you need to do from that point is you need to find a way to get the dynamic, explosive downfield plays worked in. And like to me, that I would have
0: been throwing him to Theo Johnson. Honestly, so the, if you that, couldn't get him to the wide receivers, Theo Johnson, this is the year Theo Johnson could have had like eight
1: hundred plus yards. And by the way, Theo Johnson had a heck of a day. He had a a long of twenty two. That was a, a he had a twenty one yard touchdown catch. He had four yeah. total catches on the day. Tyler uh, for Warren 59 had a good yards day too. Tyler Warren had two catches for twenty two yards, one touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. It, you know, it was a great day for the tight ends. I mean, they were really working the tight ends intentionally. And by the way, the um, running backs had a huge day catching the ball as well yeah so like we, we've been saying this all year why aren't you utilizing the tight ends why aren't you utilizing the running backs in the passing game and why aren't you getting the wide receivers over the top deep and we did all of that and it only took these two guys you know putting their heads together for two weeks to figure out that a that's what we needed to do and b how to actually get it done now you know of course competition michigan state they're a a team that's scuffling along. And so, you know, could, could we, if we had taken the same game plan in the Ohio state or Michigan, would we have gotten the same result? You know, probably well, I mean, not just, slight, outli- but just you know, outline- you just take a couple, a couple of these plays and get the kind of success out of them that you did against Michigan state. I mean, it totally changes the game in, in Listen, either to, one of those. Instances. To
0: outline how, you know, inept the offense was, Like we still have, you know, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren are leading the nation and leading the tight end rooms across the nation with touchdown catches of 15. Penn
1: State tight ends have have more touchdowns than any other team in the country.
0: They have five. We have five games a season where we've had more than one tight end catch a touchdown pass. So, you know, that should have been like a, a. like a red flag, like, oh my gosh, we should be getting these guys the ball even more because we can't even get them to our wide receivers. And, and like yardage wise, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren are our third, or sorry, excuse me, our second and third leading receivers, and their combination of yards doesn't even equal Keandre Lambert Smith's. All right.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it I mean, these are some of the reasons. Or I should say, light. maybe they,
0: maybe their, right, maybe their combo of yards is is actually like uh, comparable. Yeah, uh, uh, they're like three. They're like fifty yards less than I think. So, like, Keandre you, has. Do you six, need a
1: calculator? Keandre, Keandre has, has six you hundred
0: and seventy-three, um, and excuse me, and Theo and Tyler have uh, just shy of 50, 50 less than them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it just it goes to show. But they you- have
0: fifteen touchdowns. Like that—that's domination. Like that—that's it's—it it's, just I'm—I'm I'm so I—I I knew coming to this season we were gonna have a a great defense and B a great tight end room and you just grossly underuse your tight ends and they're both gonna be playing on on Sunday next year.
1: Now speaking of underusing star players, you I mean look at the running backs, what they did in this game. Um, you already mentioned the uh, you know over 100 yards rushing for each of them. Catron had nine yards per carry. All right, on average, in, in fifteen carries, Singleton had six point six yards per carry on eighteen carries. Um, but you add the receptions in there. Yeah, Catron um, had one hundred fifty nine total scrimmage yards. Singleton had one hundred eighty six total scrimmage yards. He's yeah. that big fifty three yard um, screen pass. A combined, bro. 255 rushing yards between the two of them, Mm -hmm. 90 receiving yards between the two of them, 345 all purpose yards between our two running backs. And, you know, again, the way that these guys were utilized in this game plan is like what they should have been, how they should have been used all season. And we only figured it out in the last game. It's a, it's a real shame, (laughs) That, you know, not to take away anything from the fact that it was a real pleasure to watch that game unfold and, and see the running backs do their thing and see the tight ends do their thing and see Omari Evans catch that a beautiful pass. I mean, you're finally using your five star quarterback arm to do things that he should be doing all season. Uh, it's just it leaves a bit of a, a bittersweet taste in your mouth uh, watching a game like this unfold.
0: I mean, the Michigan State defense wasn't going to do much to stop us anyways, but they did next to nothing throughout this game. It was it was kind of, you know, to start, it was a little frustrating. We only got a field goal on our first um two
1: field goals in our first three drives.
0: A, a missed field goal on our yeah, second doink. drive when when Catron had that 50-yard run. I know, that was um, so frustrating. You know, so that, that, but but then yeah, so our um Th- yeah, three, three, two field goals in our first three drives, and one of them, and a missed one, and we're sitting there. It's six nothing, and it does not feel like we're we're firing on all know, cylinders. Michigan fact, State just gets one touchdown, and you're like, now we're down. Well, and in fact, on they they had a promising drive going on either their first or second drive um, before um, you know we had. Yeah, uh, it
1: was their first drive where we, you know, they were driving into Penn State territory pretty deep, and then. Right. Uh, Jalen Reed, Jalen Reed got caught that the, caught, got the interception yep. and turned it around for us. Right
0: bef- before that, it was like, "Oh man, these guys are going to go down and score and be ahead." After uh, you know, know. Uh, it's, it's like, like last
1: thing we need.
0: Yeah, we wore them down obviously, and the defense prevailed. Uh, uh, you know, time and time again. In fact, that um, what was even crazier was I forget which drive it was, but they got down to like in field goal range, and it was like, "Oh no, th- we're going to lose the shutout." And and then we like. Drove him back like twenty yards on like the next three plays, including one. It was a wide receiver reverse that that had a uh, an intentional grounding, and then like there was a sack I think in there, and then a and then a tackle for a loss on the the big guy um, Mal- uh, Malik Carr I think the the tight yeah. end. There that tight end in them I don't I don't know if he stays at Michigan State or he transfers. I don't know, but that he tight end come for to them, Penn State, I, dude. That's a great <laughs> great call. Um, we will be needing to replace some tight end. After this season, but that guy was a load. There was that one catch he had going down the center of the field. Nobody wanted to tackle that oh, guy. He's man. like 270 or 280 pounds or something. It was, it was something to see. Uh, Malik Carr finished the day with only 34 yards, but you know, again, a load to bring down. Uh, he he is. It says he's only 260 pounds on the roster. I don't know if I believe that. He is just like from the waist down. He looked
1: like he was 200 pounds from the waist down. Just a big dude. Um, yeah. Um, by the way, bro, you're thinking about toward the end of the first half, uh, they had gotten down to the Penn State 25. Yep, but yep. then they had to take a you know a 15 yard intentional grounding penalty. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, knocked him out of field goal range. So it,
0: it, it's it's little things like that that you know change the the course of the game. If if we hadn't intercepted that ball, uh, J- if if Jalen Reed, Jaden, is it J what's it? Reed? Jalen Reed. Jaylen. Thank you. If Jalen Reed hadn't intercepted that ball. It could have been a totally different game because you know uh, we this this was a, a Michigan State team that was fighting for anything at this point in time in their season, fighting for anything, and you give a, a team down on their luck some some you know uh, a little bit of life, yeah, some momentum, and like th- that can be an avalanche, you know, against a, a Penn State team that um, you know quite frankly. They they weren't they're not playing for what they want in this game. They're not playing for what their goals were in this game. Now you know, obviously, a game D- your like,
1: six bowls a pretty
0: big prize. It is, right? but when you you know just lost your rivals, both of them, the second year in a row, the deflating the way it does, and you wanted to win a Big Ten, you wanted to send all your seniors out with with at least a shot at a Big Ten title. It's a totally different vibe, you know, and you're not playing your final game in front of your home crowd. You're in fact, you're not even playing your final game in front of the, the visitor crowd. You're. You're at a uh, you know half-filled uh, Ford Field in Detroit, and and you know if they score that touchdown go up seven to six against us, who knows? Like I, that could be a totally different. Do, do Penn State players start you know thinking about you know their next decision and going pro, or you know or is or but but what ended up what ended up happening was we demoralized this team that had n- n- next to nothing to play for. And they, yeah, by the they end of quit. the game,
1: you, they could, quit. you could tell. Yeah, yeah you could I, tell. I mean,
0: I mean, there was an article written by um, a Michigan State beat writer, I think, that was just like, I've never seen a display of team quit more like that was worse than this game you know like Michigan State is a prideful institution in football and even though they're the little brother of Michigan like they have won Big Ten titles they have played in CFP games look
1: Penn State's been a situation where you know there's been scandal clouding the program imagine if we ended up having like a three win season and we're giving up in the last game of the season you know like our guys didn't do that back in that You know Sandusky era, like they, we had some tough games, but like, and we had some tough years, but you know we never had a losing record, and we never quit. I mean, even in our
0: 2020 season, we finished what four game
1: winning streaks. It was, I think, it was four and five at the end. We we, so we did have a losing record. Yeah, we went zero and five,
0: and then we but then we won four in a row to 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 finish the season. So we didn't quit on that season exactly even, is what I'm trying yeah. to say.
1: So yeah, so you you know, you can just imagine like how it feels to watch your team look like quit right before your eyes. And and that's that's what was going on. And I I do think and we haven't really talked about the defense and we have to, because this was like you know, this was an opus. This was their magnum opus of their, you know, defensive performance, which uh, people have said about this defense. I'm not the first one to say it, but I totally agree. This is a championship caliber defense. And it is a real shame that our offense wasn't able to get what they needed in two games in even one of two games to give this defense a chance to play in the college football playoffs. Um, what this defense did, I mean, you want to talk about demoralizing. It was the defense's effort that demoralized this Michigan State team. Bro, the defense forced a total of eight three and outs in this game. And they also had a five and out (laughs) where in five plays, they only netted one yard. (laughs) The, The total rushing yards for the game was negative 35. Michigan State had negative 35 rushing yards on the game. Now, a lot of that was attributed to sack yards. So, if you take away the sack yards and the, they had a, a, a snap over the head of the quarterback that was like negative 21 yards, if you take away all of those, you still only have 34 total yards in legit rushing attempts. <laughs> And then passing, Michigan State was only 88 yards, 80 yards passing on 20 attempts. Like their total offense for the game was 53. Andy, and I got some other stats. For, I got some other stats for you. <laughs> these are 53 stats, yards
0: gained for the game. These, you know, if, if you're out there listening to this and you're like a Franklin hater and you're like, a, you know, the season is lost, who cares? Like this is a historical. Like historically great defense that, you know, yes, you know, you can feel like Penn State squandered it as far as, you know, the offense couldn't, you know, rally in those two games that mattered. But the fact remains that these are like just a historically overwhelming defense. Like we have Manny Diaz and he is worth his weight in gold, like legitimately <laughs> to Penn State. So since the year 2000, Penn State and Texas Christian uh, are the only FBS schools to hold multiple opponents to 76 total yards or fewer in a single season. Penn State is the only team to do so against two conference opponents. Yeah. So conference opponents, we're the only ones to have done that since the year two thousand. Okay. Um, and by the way, TCU did that to Jackson State and Kansas, and we did that to Illinois, or excuse me, Iowa, and now Michigan State. Um, so, and then fewest rushing yards allowed in a game by Penn State since nineteen forty eight. The top two since nineteen forty eight are this season against Maryland minus forty nine. Rushing fewest rushing yards, and this Michigan State game minus thirty five. The other games were from nineteen fifty four minus thirty two against Holy Cross, nineteen seventy eight minus thirty two against Maryland, and not, and in nineteen sixty eight minus seventeen against Pitt. That's the Manny Diaz effect, according to Joel Haas, who who is the the originator of that tweet, by the way. Um, and I mean, there, you, there's more. Like, there we have like way more like statistical data that outlines how great this Penn State defense has been this year. And another one um, that I've got here is, uh, you know, in let's see here, 114 years ago. Today in 1909 19- <laughs> this is an this is an interesting one just to, to highlight how hard it is to have three shutouts in a year but we we've done we've done it before but in in 114 years ago today 1909 Penn State football shutout pit by the way um, 5 5 to nothing yes you read that correctly 5 to nothing capping a 5-0 and 2 undefeated season where the Nittany Lions had shutouts in all five of their victories that year five shutouts in all five of their victories now but to
1: outline Which, by the way, the proper team for Penn State to be playing course. the last game of the season.
0: Uh, of cu- I g- agreed. But so over the past three years, now this is modern day, over the past three years, um, Penn State football has averaged 1.7 shutouts against its Big Ten opponents per season. And in the previous 28 Big Ten seasons, the Nittany Lions only averaged 0. 0.3 Big Ten shutouts per year. So okay, 1.7. And point three, like we're talking a serious leap over the last three years in terms of what Penn State's defense, I mean, that, so, so you know, one of those is still Brent Pry's defense, by the way. So and the last two have been Manny. We have been on a very, 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 very good defensive run over these last three years. Um, and I'll tell you right now. I don't want to see that go away because yeah, totally. It, 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 that that's we have we have a championship caliber defense this year, and you can't really argue that. Um,
1: you know, and, you know, and we we've got some really important senior leaders: Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, to name a few. Um, Uh, you know, a couple others down the line, but we also have a lot of guys coming back on this defense and some really exciting talent coming in, you know, Tony Rojas, for example, or Keon Wiley and some other guys. Like, I, I think, if we can hang on to Manny Diaz for a a third straight year, uh, I think we have a chance to really match this kind of effort, um, continue to wreak havoc, you know, and it could be, it could be exciting, you know, if, especially if we can, you know, if this Michigan state performance on offense ends up being a sign of things to come.
0: I I mean, the Manny Diaz, Defense, it, it it produces chaos. It, you know, sacks and tackles for loss and turnovers. We are among the best in the country. I mean, at these, I things. don't know where
1: we are a turnover ratio, but like we were at or near the top. All season, and we were plus I think one. We're, on I think on we're this.
0: pretty, pretty up there still. I I don't know if we're still first. I can you know for fun look that up here right now. Turnover margin. Let's see here. Penn State still leads the country Jeez. in turnover margin at one point five eight. The next closest I- in Power Five is Michigan at one point one seven. We are far and away the leader. Head and shoulders above. The rest. I mean the, the the margin is nineteen. We're plus 19. 1.58 turnovers per game. All right. It's that, incredible. I, Michigan is plus Michigan is, has, is plus 14. We're plus 19. And then, you know, there's a whole pack of like 13, 11, 10, uh, plus 13 and plus thir- 11 and plus Well, 10s,
1: look, but, you know, there. you've mentioned a couple of those like sort well, of like well, season well, over on, real, season real, real stats. Quick, real, real quick. Well, let Andy. me just say, let me just give you one more example of the defensive dominance just from this okay. Michigan State game. All right. The second half that this defense put on. Yeah. Michigan State went backwards yeah. on five of their seven drives. Yep. Yeah. And they only gained one yard on each of their other two drives in the second and half. And
0: we've been like that in the second half all year long, especially in the third quarter, not giving up points. Like we just figure it out. Manny Diaz figures it out at the half, um, better than better than the
1: rest. And it, that second half included the following: a nine-yard sack by Abdul Carter, a nine yard sack by Adisa Isaac, an 11 yard sack by Cam Miller and a seven yard sack credited to the team. I'm not sure who was actually in on that sack. And there was also a 21 yard loss on that botched snap that the defense came and rushed in and, and smothered and make sure they didn't, you know, have a chance and to take And the crazy thing is that
0: there's other plays that are so close too. like, we <laughs> no. are wreaking havoc back there, like without a doubt. Um, uh, you know, and, and to be this kind of a, a team on defense, uh, it kind of is remarkable to me that, you know, for as many sacks and tackles for a loss that we've had this year, we have not been a team that takes sacks and takes a lot of tackles for a loss That's either true. on offense. You know, we're actually the third um, best in the Big Ten um, for, for sacks allowed. And what's interesting about that is, Andy, you know, I think Rutgers is first with having only allowed 12 sacks and then... um and then Michigan is second with having only allowed 13. We're third, allowing only 15. Uh, but what's interesting about that is Rutgers and Michigan don't pass as much as we do. We've, we've had 15 sacks um, again uh, on 372 passes attempted. Michigan has 13 on 264. We have uh, over 100 more pass attempts than Michigan and only two more
1: sacks. So well, I mean, the just efficiency to the, on
0: that is yeah. Is, credit is,
1: to the offensive line, and absolutely. And you know, we've suffered through some really bad offensive lines. You know, first going through you know Franklin's early years because of sanctions, and then you know in the COVID year, it just seemed like we couldn't couldn't get it together. You know, th- this year in particular has been really solid protection. Well, well um,
0: when you th- when you factor that in, the solid protection in. To a quarterback who's only thrown one interception, yeah. um, a, we've only given up a couple of fumbles throughout the year. Um, so when you're when you're you know getting as many turnovers as this defense has, and you're not allowing the other team to ruin as many drives with sacks or giving the other, the defense that many turnovers, like you're. It just spells, you know, a really good season. You're not going to be beating yourselves a lot, and that's, you know, when you have a first time, you know, quarter starter at quarterback. That's 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 how you, like, that's how you at least, you know, don't ruin a quarterback. You know, like, yeah, like true. Aller that's has had point. some bad games, but they're not games that have ruined him. Like Hackenberg, I think over the course of his final two seasons at Penn State, got sacked like over a hundred times.
1: Yeah,
0: or at least that is career. I forget he he was one of the <laughs> most sure quarterbacks. like <laughs> He was one of the most sack quarterbacks in the conference, if not the the country. And yeah. that's how you ruin a, a really good quarterback is he can't go through progressions. He can't you know, um, well just I'll seeing say, ghosts out there left and
1: right. The way Aller looks in this game shows that he's not been ruined. Like, Obviously, you know. I agree. In fact, they it seems like they they found something um, and. I'm, I'm kind of feel hopeful for the future, you know, and I think it's pretty significant. Um, both Aller and Singleton were asked specifically after this game, you know, the offensive coordinator spot is vacant. You know, they missed out on the college football playoff. It was a less, uh, you know, good year than they all expected. And, um, they were asked, uh, what are your plans for next year? Are you coming back? Or are you going to be looking around? What are you thinking? Both Aller and Singleton, like not just sort of said, oh yeah, sure, I'll be back. It was emphatic. They are yeah, committed yeah. 100%. Yeah, not, to, um, not to, you know, a specific coordinator or whatever. They're committed to Penn State. They said they were the committed Penn State to Franklin. Team. They're committed they to said Franklin. They said they were committed
0: to Franklin. Yes.
1: They said his name
0: specifically. And to have that come out in, not, not in like, the week after the last game, not in like you know leading into the bowl, like yeah. While on they're the thinking tail,
1: about their future, right? <laughs>
0: well, they're they're coming out after you know th- their final game. Which, by the way, you couldn't ask for a better team performance in in a game. You really couldn't to close really? out a season. What True. else were you really hoping for? It was as yeah. great as it could be, both offensively, defensively, and minus the the missed field goal. Uh, special teams were great too. Um, yeah, Jaquan uh, Hardy had a great is, run back, which is a, a kind of a. Um, a silent um like pro- pro- progression of the special teams throughout the season we've gotten better and better and better um throughout uh, the season as uh, on special teams which you know they they don't get enough you know you, you're only really talking about special teams if they're losing games for you and we we don't talk about them enough that's because they haven't but the point is you know these are your two offensive leaders in a in a time of offensive Unrest, you know, without an OC, you know, and and I'm, I was even saying, you know, after the Michigan game, like if I'm Drew Aller, I'm considering transferring, Absolutely. barring barring who I'm going to wait to see who they the offensive coordinator is that they get, and if I'm Singleton, I'm considering it too. And these guys didn't bat an eye; they yeah, didn't even it says a lot. It, it really says a lot. it says a lot about Franklin. It says a lot about the the character of these guys. Um, it says a lot about how much they care about the program. And it says a lot about and making the kinds of leaders groundwork. that they will be moving forward. It, it lays the groundwork,
1: really. Absolutely. for you Hiring know, an a, OC. Yeah, the kind of offensive coordinator who can come in and say, oh, this is who I have to you work know, with. It and also the-, the transfer portal for guys to say hey oh, i sure. by the way we need we, we may need some tight ends we may need some we, uh, yeah, we need uh, wide, wide receivers, receivers. <laughs> you know um and like to say hey i want to come catch passes for this guy i saw what he could do in that michigan state game and throwing bombs like that like i want to catch passes like uh, it it could set us up for you know, I mean, we were talking about what is next season going to look like, and we have no idea. We got a bunch of Frank really has, strong teams Frank coming into have the Big the Ten. Biggest
0: hire of his, you know, yeah. to me, Manny Diaz was the biggest hire to date for him. Um, you know, and before that, I would Whole say run. before that, I would say Joe Moorhead, and I would say that this hiring is will now be the most critical hiring. Already, it's
1: already got Manny on par. diaz on the bag. It's on par with the Manny Diaz hire. If you can hang on to Manny, right? If you can hang on to Manny, this is definitely on par with the importance of that hire.
0: You need to hire somebody who's not only capable of stabilizing your offense. You need to hire somebody who's going to go win you a title. Absolutely. Again, that's what's missing. Franklin doesn't hit a grand slam on this hire. This this will be this will this will be. This can change his fortunes at Penn State. Like he he cannot screw this up if he wants to remain the head coach at Penn State in, you know, beyond five, four or five years from now. Like that that's just how you have to fix your, you know, your five star quarterback who, you know, has had a very up and down season. Sure, he looked great in that last game against Michigan State. It is still just Michigan State. I understand we didn't do that against UMass and Delaware. But well, that's the yeah. That's my counterpoint. <laughs> is like uh, where the was this? Is that it's a game plan that well, you got rid of the guy that couldn't get it done there. Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's not a great counterpoint to me. Well, um,
1: but I'm just saying it's there. The potential is there. Well, you're also probably
0: not there. going to hire from within. Like as much as it would be nice to be able to hire from within, you yeah you I hire, don't see you that. You hire happening. from within when you're not like on on the rocks as far as like
1: you know getting beat. Yeah, yeah, if you want continuity with what has been happening.
0: And been great. You don't yeah. you don't
1: take a risk. You fired your OC. You don't, you don't take a risk from with a new guy yeah. who's never called.
0: Yeah, you, you know. don't you don't hire from within after you fire you know, your high profile OC. You yeah. fire him to go ha- go get, you know, a a, a national get the Manny Diaz equivalent. You in definitely the need world. to hire the, a head coach of the offense. Chip a Kelly? A, le- a leader, a leader. Like no, I mean like like to me, yeah, the Yurcich, head coach of the- Yursic didn't have the leadership yeah. qualities of a Joe Moorhead. Joe yeah. Moorhead was, like, larger than life in some respects. He really
1: was. That's in terms of player. how he
0: ran the offense. Yursich was kind of, like, just there. You know, he was just kind of he there. He was
1: cerebral and uninvolved, except when he was yelling at players, from what I gather. But, like, yeah, he didn't engender, like, love and, like, Loyalty—the way that you, sounds like Manny has, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, you need. Well, you also need someone to supersede
0: anything Franklin thinks he knows <laughs> yeah. about offense. I'm serious. I'm. I'm serious.
1: Yeah, like, no, I think Franklin. I, I'm laughing is great. because I think it's pretty. Fun.
0: I think Franklin is great at a lot of aspects of his job, and game day is absolutely a glaring hole still.
1: Um, yeah. and so you, you, you got to have someone who's just a cutthroat killer you, you when need, it comes you to calling plays. To, you
0: need to just take a st- you need to realize you, that you're that we are limited by Franklin as far as the 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 ceiling of the offense if he's as um
1: you know. If he has his fingerprints all over the offense. Well, look, I, I what I will say is, bro. Like with Yursich gone, I know Franklin was more involved in the offense, and the and the heavier fingerprint of Franklin on the offense in the last two games looked a lot better than It was
0: Rutgers and Michigan State.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm anyway, just saying look, that look, it was Rutgers
0: and Michigan State. Yeah. He can do that. No one's knocking Franklin's record against Rutgers and Michigan States of the conference. No one.
1: Yeah. No, you're, it's a very good point. Like <laughs> you got to beat Michigan and Ohio state and maybe Washington and Oregon, you know, um, and USC potentially. What do like, you, you mean? Got, maybe you have to well, be depending them on which, depending on which team you're playing It'll and how be an good they are that year.
0: team. If he doesn't figure out the, the, those programs are going to be light years ahead of him offensively. <laughs> and, yeah. and then when, well, it, when it comes down to, you know, the last two minutes and you calling the right timeout or the right play call, Time and time again, we've seen you know, on the road or against a top ten team Franklin's Dude, speaking team of, don't get yeah, it. how nut. did
1: this not come up? but we finally, bro, we finally got a two point conversion when we needed it.
0: We didn't need it. <laughs> It was to get to 21 to nothing instead of 20 to nothing.
1: We didn't need it. I uh, know. And we I'm ran just,
0: it anyways, and it, yeah. it, it, it was what I got one. It was a whatever. Anyway. Uh, we've been
1: ranting for a while. Yeah, totally. Look, um, hey, the season is in the books. We finished on a high note. That's great. We got a h- huge amount of um, momentum going into whatever pick Uh, New Year's Six Bowl game we've got coming up. Um, Can we keep the mojo going and will it carry over to next season? Uh, We don't know. We'll find out. A lot of it's going to depend on who we hire for that offensive coordinator position, who sticks around and who goes from the offense and defense. A lot of unknowns, but bro, it's really great to finish the season, uh, a strong. I as am did, uh,
0: thankful for another ten, 10 win wins season. Yeah. I am yeah. thankful for it because uh, you know it. It could be. It absolutely could be worse, and I don't care if you think that's a stupid argument. It's it's real. Go go ahead and go ahead and see how you like chewing on an eight win season. If you if you didn't like a ten win season,
1: okay. We we'll have a chance to talk about some of these things in our next episode. Um, we are uh, going to have a mailbag. Um, we're going to have a, a by the numbers uh, modified by the numbers, and we'll talk a little bit about some of those things as well as look at the championship week ahead and and what you know Penn State might be able to expect in terms of a, a New Year six draw, but. Um, until then, bro, it always starts with I love you. And it ends with I love you.
0: It always starts with I love you! It always ends with I love you! I love you.
1: We are Penn State. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe
0: before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise.